0: and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. Good morning. That was a perfect introduction, thank you, team, uh, to the message God has laid on my heart. And I just want you to remember the songs, I mean, the words of the song we've just sung. I want to seek your face, we sang. And I want to shine your love around. Is it? Um, and and but help me to live it first. That sums up the message. So if you need to go home, you've got it. <laughs> That'll keep you going. So, well, let's pray. Father God, I pray that you fill my mouth with proper stuff and nudge me when I've said enough. I pray, Lord God, that all that is said and done here, Lord, it's your spirit working in each of us. Have your way in this room today. Amen. Amen. Oh, I think I've had too much caffeine. I'm, having, I'm just having a moment, so I had to pray. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's because I, w- I didn't get much sleep last night, partly because of Mark snoring. Um <clears throat> And and partly because my neighbour banged on the wall at 4.20 in the morning. Can you believe that? Luckily, I was still awake at that point playing music. He banged and he shouted, can we have a little respect, please? So I shouted back, well, I'm not a big Aretha Franklin fan, but okay, this one's for you. (laughs) Okay, sorry, I repent. I will not tell another joke right now. <laughs> That's all I've got for you. I will tell other jokes. I will keep trying. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a joke. It was. I'll I, I tell you why, because I actually do quite like Aretha Franklin. <laughs> and I definitely wasn't up at 4.20. Right. Okay. Luke chapter 13 verses one to five let's get to the scripture let's get on with the morning let's see what God has to want to say to us today and can I just apologize because the last few weeks have literally been back and forth over you know it's like hell and damnation and repent and we're still there so I'm not apologizing sorry not sorry because this is what Jesus said at this point in this scriptures in these scriptures so here we go okay Luke 13 one to five Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So that's a nice cheery Sunday morning for you. <laughs> the first thing you're likely to have noticed from these verses, or at least this is what jumped out of me, maybe it's just me, is the two Galilean tragedy stories. The Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices and the 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. What's that all about? You know, we've become wired to take more notice of bad news around us and it's actually got a name, it's called negativity bias. So imagine you saw two headlines online. One reads, it's a beautiful day today. The second reads, a big storm is headed your way. You will click on a big storm is headed your way. You will click on the second one because you want to know how that storm is going to affect you. You want to be prepared. Bad stuff is happening. I must be aware and I must plan around it. So that's why our heads go immediately to the 18 crushed by a tower and go immediately to those who had their blood mingled with their sacrifices. Now, Luke is the only Gospel writer that mentions these Galilean tragedies. And the truth is that we do not actually have enough information from other sources on what he's actually referring to. So bad news is I'm not going to fully be able to unpack that for you. (laughs) You're just going to have to never know. We'll never know. We can only speculate about these, and I will in a moment speculate on what I did find out that could be useful, but it's only speculation. But I think that whatever happened in these instances, it was well-known and ordinary news around about at the time. It was a normal topic of conversation. Now, if I refer to certain things today, you in this room, and if you're listening online this week, you will likely know what I mean. But significant as they are today, decades from now, they've probably paled into obscurity. Someone in the year 2045, playing this sermon back, may not know what I'm referring to when I say, wasn't the funeral last Monday awesome? And you will know exactly what I'm talking about, unless you've been living under a rock. (laughs) Or I might say, and I do say, we must be praying for the people of Iran We must be praying for the people in Russia who right now are standing against their dictatorships. Guys, stand alongside them and pray. So I could mention Ukraine, just randomly. You all know why I'm mentioning Ukraine. I could mention COVID and believe it or not, in 2045, they may not care. Something much worse may have happened in between. Or the World Cup in Qatar. That's something to be thinking about. There's a lot to be thinking about that. Critics going. no, I don't like football. It's not because of the football. It's because of the country. <laughs> there are Christians who are being persecuted in that country for their beliefs. There are others who are persecuted in that country. It's not a free country. The World Cup is going there. The world's eyes are going to be on there. The footballers, the British footballers, are going to be wearing rainbow armbands uh, to stand with the lesbian and gay community. There is a lot going on in the World Cup in Qatar. She's going to look it up now. So, (laughs) and of course, I can mention the cost of living crisis. Now, between now and 2045, I suspect that might not be the only one. Okay, so we know what we're talking about when we mention these things. And I believe in those times, everyone knew what was going on. So let's have a look just quickly at those two tragedies referred to by Luke in this passage. It's likely that they're referred to because they're causing division amongst the religious groups. So let's start with each one. The Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So meaning that um, he would have put them to death. To bleed, as it were, maybe on their way to sacrificing. Um, it's probably referring or could be referring to Galileans who were rebelling against Rome and therefore were punished by Pilate. But here's the problem the Pharisees were opposed to rebellion, and so they would say, well, those Galileans deserve to die. Religion, hey? And the 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, well, possibly they may have been working on an aqueduct for the Romans right there. And the zealots would have said that the aqueduct workers deserved to die for cooperating with the Romans. So you've got the Pharisees want you to die if you rebel against them, and you've got the zealots want you to die if you cooperate with them. You can't win, Everybody will have opinions, and people are always making judgments against others. Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield can tell you that. Not gonna know what that's about in 2045. (laughs) Jesus does not let them drag him into all that nonsense. He decides not to make a judgment, yet, he's the one person there who can. He decides not to make a judgment on those who perished. Rather, he points out that they were no worse and no better than the rest of us. We all have to consider eternity. And we all have potential to perish spiritually if we do not repent. Now, it occurred to me that if our minds are wired to highlight threat, as I said earlier, how is it that some of us had more interest in the physical Galilean tragedies rather than the real spiritual personal threat for us found in this text verses three and verse five say unless you repent you will all likewise perish that should be danger enough to catch our attention because that's to all of us perhaps the words are too familiar for us in churches repent repent we almost switch off from it we almost don't hear it so the rest of the morning, guess what we're going to be considering? <laughs> repent. <laughs> because it's, it's twice in the passage. I think it might be really important. Okay, this is what both passages say. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repent. Let's take a peek at the Greek. That word repent in verses 3 and 5, it's translated Repent both times, but there are subtle differences in the Greek. In verse 3, it's metanoeti, and in verse 5, it's metanoaceti. It's just got an S in it, but it changes it just slightly. So, verse 3, "'Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish.'" This described a continuing repentance. Repent and keep on repenting. Verse 5, "'Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish.'" describes a once and for all repentance so let's have a look at the amplified one of my favorite translations because what the amplified does is help you understand what the listeners would have understood from what was said so Luke 13 verse 3 in the amplified says unless you repent change your old way of thinking turn from your sinful ways and live changed lives You will all likewise perish. And let me tell you, verse 5 is worded exactly the same in the Amplified. They don't make a distinction. Okay. But although the Amplified hasn't made a distinction between the diversity in the word repent that I just taught, it does clarify something. It clarifies how we can be called to both a continuing repentance and a once and for all repentance. Because let's go back to it again. According to the Amplified translation, repent means change your old way of thinking, turn from your simple ways, and live changed lives. So let's look at that. Continuing repentance would be changing your old way of thinking. Change your thinking. This, as we all know, is a process. That's not a one and done thing, is it? Gotta change how you think about things. It's something we're all working on day by day. It's a continuing, taking hold of our thoughts, bringing them under Christ and the truth of his word. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So it's ongoing. Let's look at Luke 13 verse 3 in the Amplified again. The Amplified also clarifies the experience of the once and for all repentance. Because it goes on to say, it started with change your old way of thinking, and then it says, turn from your sinful ways and live changed lives. So to repent, we turn away from the direction we were facing. We turn away from our sinful ways, our old ways, and choose to live changed lives. And this is what we in the Christian church call salvation. Now here's how other parts of the Bible talk about salvation. Romans 6 verse 23 says, "...for the wages of sin is death." But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's why we call it salvation. We're saved from what we deserve. We don't deserve to have full access to God in heaven. You do not, you not, a single one of you, I don't care how good you are, and I'm quite a good girl, Um, (laughs) do not deserve to go to God who is perfect and ask anything of him. We do not deserve to draw near to the throne of God, but we've been saved from what we deserve which is the wages of sin, is death and separation, eternal separation from God. We've been saved from that through the blood of Jesus on the cross. That's what this is all about. That's what the Christian life is about. So 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's how we become righteous. That's how we have the right to go to God. Acts 3 verse 19 says, repent, therefore, And turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. So, let's see it like this. Before you repent, you're facing in one direction, the world. You live life the world's way, the way everybody else does. You make your choices and your decisions based on what the world tells you. I believe I just preached that two weeks ago. (laughs) You know, it's the world's way. When we choose to stop following the world's ways and being led by our sinful nature, all our feelings leading us, we repent. We turn to face Jesus. To live his way. Led not by our sinful nature, but led by the Holy Spirit who leads us, who comes to dwell in us in that moment. So now, you're facing in the opposite direction. That's why a lot of people will have taught you, repent means turn. Because it is a turn. It is a change. It is a full movement away from one focus to another. And that's why I love that song that we finished with, because it was about facing Jesus. You can't follow what you're not facing. Don't tell me you follow Jesus, but watch the world. You've got to be facing Jesus to follow Jesus. So when we repent, we change our viewpoint. We just face a different way. We turn and leave the world behind me, the cross before me, as that song that we sing says. And this is a one-off turn to God. It's not an ongoing process. Let me show you why. If it was an ongoing process to turn towards God... You'd be spinning. My head is spinning. (laughs) You're making me dizzy. (laughs) You're spinning. Because that's not what we're designed to do. We were never designed to be whirling dervishes. We are not supposed to be spinning. It's one and done. It's a single decision to turn from the world to Christ and it's complete in the one process. Because why? Because Jesus died once and for all sins to be removed from coming between us and God. And there's a lot about it in Hebrews, but have a look. Hebrews 9 verse 26 says, He, Jesus that is, has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to be to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And it goes on and on. I didn't put it all in here because there's just lots of words in Hebrews 9. There's a lot of words in Hebrews, let me be honest. Um, and that, and yeah, I think anyone who knows the book might know what i mean um and it's very wordy um and one of the things it goes on and on about is that it's not a continual sacrifice that jesus did it once the lamb died once john 19 verse 30 um is is when jesus is on the cross and jesus declared it is finished he didn't say it's half done and you must continue the work He said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So let's keep with the peek at the Greek just a little bit more and take it just a little bit further. Because this might just rock your world. This is the bit. If you've gone to sleep, wake up. This is the bit. This is the bit. This is the one you want to go home with, okay? The Greek word translated as repent, I don't know if you know how Greek works, but it's usually like joined words together so it's it's different bits of words put together and when you actually look at it and break it apart it literally means to have another mind to have another mind so when he said repent jesus was not speaking of just being sorry for having done some wrong which i think is how we see it it's more than a change of thought It's more than an apology. It's more than a really good decision. Because what it is, when you repent, that first time when you turn to God, it's accepting and receiving a new mind. Pause and think about that. sailor, as it says in Psalms. Acts 2 verse 38, Peter said to them, repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's all part of one package and those of you in the prayer meeting heard me go on about the warp and the woof of the fabric. You can't separate it. You can't be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. I go on about this. I've said this many years but I think there's many times people are like, well, you know, I Believe and I'm, you know, but I don't believe that, you know, I need the Holy Spirit. You can't live without the Holy Spirit. You can't believe without the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. Whether or not you tune into Him is a whole different matter. Whoops. Um, Okay, so it's part of the same package. It's part of the same fabric, like this jumper. The warp and the woof is the two different directions of the fabric that are woven together. It's one and done. It's one and the same. So only the Holy Spirit can enable a spiritually dead person to be transformed by receiving what? The mind of Christ. That is what the Word tells us we have. So we have received a new mind. So every single one of you who has given your life to Jesus, who believes they have turned from watching the world and following the world's ways, and has turned to face Jesus, leaving the world behind them, facing the cross of Jesus and following Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit and you have the mind of Christ. He gives you and brings you the mind of Christ, the thinking of Christ. So some of you may not have done that. And I don't know. So I'm going to give you an opportunity now. And especially online, you can join in too. If you want to repent, if you want to turn from the world's ways and face Jesus and follow his ways for your life, let's pray this prayer together now and let's pray it out loud. I'll go slowly. Lord Jesus, thank you for your death and resurrection that brought me life. Today, I repent. I turn away from the world and I turn to you, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and transform my mind. I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour. I am forgiven. I am set free. And I am on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Once you've given your life to God, it's one and done. That beats the one and done, repent. That's it, you are done. You are now not facing that way, you're facing this way. Job done. And you're setting out on your changed life that the Amplified describes. And you begin, that's when you begin that ongoing process of bringing your thinking, your faulty thinking, in alignment with the truth of your current reality that you belong to God and you have rights. And as his child, you have rights. You are righteous, And I believe that some Christians are struggling more than they need to because they are spinning. I'm definitely not a dancer. (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians 4 verse 14 speaks of being tossed about by waves of teaching and false doctrines. You know, it's so easy to get knocked. Oh, and you end up just, oh, I just, I'm, I'm so confused, you know. And you'll end up spinning and getting dizzy. You know, salvation isn't an I'm in today, it's Sunday, I'm in. But Monday I'm not. I don't feel it, so I'm not. It's not an in and out. And thinking that way will keep you dizzy. And I believe, as I was driving here, God said to me, that's not the only thing that's keeping people dizzy. There are a lot of Christians who aren't thinking I'm in or I'm out. They're fully happy that they're in but they're staying dizzy because they don't believe all the rest of the promises that come with being in, the the rest of the fabric of being clothed in Christ and having his mind and and being therefore indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That's the bit that's got you spinning. I'm not sure. There's different doctrines. There might be different churches might say different things. I don't know. I'm just going to keep spinning. And what are you doing? You are wasting all this energy here. You are wasting all this energy Doing absolutely nothing, making no difference for God in the world at all. Shining that light, shining that love that that song was talking about. That's what we desire to do, but we're stuck. Why? Because we're spinning. Well, the truth will set you free. And here's the truth first of all, you cannot slip out of your good standing with God. You can't, oops, there we go. Oh, well. That doesn't happen. Okay, Because you didn't earn it under your own power or cleverness. So it's not down to you. Christ gave it to you freely when you accepted that free gift. The truth of his salvation became part of who you are. And I love this picture that God gave me. It's like a blood transfusion. It all gets mixed up, mixed up inside you and it can't be separated back out. They put a bag of blood into you. But you will never find that heart of blood. Again, it's mingled. It's all in there. And for anyone like me, you probably do this. You take your cold cup of tea and you add hot water to it. I don't like it microwaved. So I put hot water, I boil the kettle again. I put a little bit of hot water in. There is no way I could extract that hot water. The minute it's hit the cup, it is mingled. All of us stir for some reason. We really don't need to. It's gone in and it's mingled. You can't separate it back out. When you accepted that his death saved you, Jesus's blood poured out on the cross mingled with yours and you are no longer able to be separated from him. It's just not possible. John 10 verse 28 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So guys, you do not need to keep repeating that one and done version of repent. That's something I find that children do, and that's important. Children are growing in their understanding. If they want to repent and give their life to Jesus again and again and again, then go ahead, because what's happening is their understanding of him is growing, and therefore they are now giving their life to what they understand more of. So that's good, and I'm all for that. But as adults, we need to grow up and go, it's okay, I'm done, I'm one and done, I'm in. And I'm steady. Because that turn happened once, and in that instant you became his and it is finished. And you know that truth is all you need to live on to stop yourself spinning on all the other truths that you are struggling with. You have to just rest in him, abide in him, it was said in the prayer meeting. Abide in him, just rest in him and know he's got it. He'll lead you, he'll make it work, he'll show you. It's not yours to try and figure out, you just Put yourself in him. Keep taking hold of those thoughts that are wandering off and keep yourself in him. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 21 to 22 says, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ. and That's them all together as one in Christ. So me with you in Christ. And has anointed us and who has also here put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. That's it. You are signed, sealed, and delivered, my friend, even if you don't feel any different. And in fact, faith is acting on what is true even when you don't feel it. Faith is so important. Hebrews 11 is all about it. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because faith keeps you steady and stops you spinning. Faith keeps you anchored. Hebrews 6 verse 19 says, we have this hope, sometimes it's it's, um, translated, but we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. We are held. Your soul, by the way, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your thoughts, your decisions, and your feelings, those are the bits, notice, that can so easily spiral out of control, right? It's your thoughts, your decisions, and your feelings. Oh, I'll do this. No, I won't. No, I do this. Oh, I can't. Oh, I don't feel like it. No, I do feel like it. No, I don't feel like it. Those are the bits that keep us spinning. The bits that spiral out of control, the parts that need constant renewal through an ongoing repentance process, those are those bits. We have an anchor. Jesus is our anchor. He keeps us steadfast and steady. And our faith in that is what keeps us from spinning. And this is why the Bible tells us not to obey our feelings, but rather trust in the Word of God. Proverbs 28 verse 26 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. So I believe that some of us have been spinning. They've been unsure some, some of the people listening today have been unsure of their place in God's plan, of their place in God's body. So hear me today. You belong to Christ. It is finished. You are sealed in by his spirit and you cannot slip away or be snatched away. But... I tried to point it out earlier. There's an enemy advantage here. Whilst you're spinning on the edge of faith, you're not getting to live out that promised, powerfully changed life in all its fullness. You're not doing anything useful. And this picture really came to my head. It's like when you click on a website link and that spinning ball appears. (laughs) You feel like you're on your way to the website. That's good. You want the spinning ball for a moment, don't you? Because it means you're on the way except it continues to spin and after a minute or two it's a pretty sure sign that something inside your computer is crashing or inside the internet because that's in a box obviously um (laughs) oh dear it crowd only um okay so (laughs) is something inside you crashing That's what God wants to say to you today. Have you been looking at a spinning ball or spinning yourself rather than accessing the fullness of life promised in God's word? I believe you need to pay more attention to what's in your heart rather than what's in your head. Stop listening to your thoughts. Your head will keep you spinning. That's the song, isn't it? You're making me dizzy. My head is spinning. Your heart connected to God's spirit carries the truth. So, switch off that confusion and start connecting to God's spirit that dwells inside you. Start listening to God's spirit, not your own thoughts. And if you belong to Christ, remember you do have his spirit and therefore you do have his mind. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, and love, and self-control. That means you have the ability to control these thoughts and to get on top of this. Today, I believe God wants to reboot us. And that commitment, I want us to know that for many of us, to turn is already secured. Obviously, if you haven't turned once to Christ yet, then feel free to go ahead. You can do it right now, sat there. But those of you who've already given your life to Jesus, you are secure. So you can stop spinning. Stop spinning and enter the reality of the transformed life Jesus died to give you. Now, just quickly as I come towards an end, I hate change in my devices, in my laptop, in my iPhone. I absolutely hate it when things change on the screen because I can't find what I'm trying to do. So, for a long while, I avoided the updates. Then one day everything crashed. And I mean, I I think I've lost documents in the past. I've literally had big crashes along the way. I've done it more than once, you notice. Whoops. Anyway, I'm remembering the last time. The last time everything crashed. And Mark said, you cannot expect everything to work without the updates. And I'm like, "But they change everything? He says, they include important bug fixes, which if left, can cause all sorts of trouble, which you're now experiencing. Okay? So, what happens is you need the updates to come into your devices in order to keep your devices working how you want them to. And even if it changes the way it looks for a minute, you'll just have to get on board with that, because actually you needed that update, because it will stop everything disappearing and crashing. So, my question is, what bug fixes do you need today? What area of faith has got a little warped for you recently? Well, taking communion is a good opportunity to pause for those faith updates so that we're going to do that. We're going to receive his bug fixes from his Holy Spirit and we're going to come to the communion table in a moment to provide opportunity to do just that. But I want to bring the sermon to a close so that those online don't have to rush off and get their cups and their bread, but feel free to if you want to. Because when you leave here today, I want you to remember to avoid another faith system failure It's best to keep applying our updates, right? As they are offered. If anyone has any, you know, gadgets, you know they get offered randomly, don't they? I want to update you tonight. I'm going to do it while you're asleep. Oh, no, do you have to? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And God said, literally, I feel like that's a conversation between us and God half the time, isn't it? (gasps) God can update us, actually, while we sleep. He can update us through reading his word. He updates us through meeting with Christians. Let's not stay away from each other. He updates us um, by listening to worship songs. He updates us by singing worship songs. He can update us, and this is how we live. That ongoing repentance that Jesus spoke about. The continual changing of your thinking that Jesus spoke about. Keeping yourself topped up this way means we will stay steady and anchored and truly live out our calling because we are part of his victorious body on earth. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence, seeking mercy uh, seeking mercy, but also receiving mercy and grace and seeing the power of those as they come alive in our answered prayers. And do you know why you get answered prayers? Because you ask in faith. Because you're no longer thinking that you don't have the right to ask. You have the right to ask, knowing that you cannot lose that right, and it cannot be taken away from you, because you're inseparable from the righteousness won for you through Jesus' blood on the cross. Let's pray. Lord, help us to really live out the fullness of the life you died to give us daily. Help us to stay updated. Lord, update our minds on a regular basis. We commit ourselves to receive your updates. And today, we declare aloud together in faith the words of Galatians 2 verse 20 that are on the screen. Let's say it together. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Now we're going to move into a time of communion today and if you haven't got one of these little pouches, can you put your hand up and we'll make sure we get one to you. Um, I wonder if there's a volunteer who could get one. Oh, there they are, lovely. There he is. Put your hand up if you want one. This is how we take communion these days. This is your COVID-friendly communion. (laughs) It's got wine and... uh, not actually wine i don't think it's grape juice (laughs) grape juice and a little wafer hidden in this little packet it is not jam for your toast okay let's take a moment we're going to allow god a few moments just to download his updates into our hearts and minds and michelle's going to lead us in a bit of worship before we take our communion okay she's just a single song but it just gives us some time to allow the updates to come in so let's pray father god I thank you for Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Holy Spirit, calm now and update our minds and hearts as we take communion together. We declare that as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the power of the Lord's blood and body over our lives. We, your body here and now, dedicate ourselves to live as those who have the mind of Christ. Lord, bring your revelation, bring your bug fixes, refill and reboot your people here in hope. Holy Spirit, have your way in us today. Amen.